It's Sunday morning. Time for the Great Outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio, and happy Earth Day weekend, I guess. My guest this morning is an individual I've had many times on the air over the years, and when I think of Earth Day, I think of the earthy Brent Manning. Good morning, Brent. (laughs) Good morning, Charlie. I think that's the first time I've ever been called earthy. Well, that means you're down to earth. You're not pretentious. Uh, (laughs) You are... For those of you who've heard Brent's voice on the air long before me, even with with Bill Cullerton, I think Brent, you've been on this show on and off for over thirty years. That means you're a young guy. And for background, for those of you who don't recognize the the, the wonderful soft tones of the earthly Brent Manning, Brent Manning was the very successful longtime director of the Department of Illinois Natural Resources. Then he went on to Wyoming and helped fix that state, and then he came back and helped fix DuPage County's forest preserves. And I've had the pleasure of working with you, Brent, on many projects for a long, long time. So thanks for being with me this morning. And Earth Day is an important day uh, for a lot of us as we think about conservation. But I do think, Brent, occasionally Earth Day gets conservation and environmentalism get confused. And some people use Earth Day to say we ought to close everything down, stop doing all these things. Well, as conservationists, I know you and I don't believe that. No, we certainly don't, Charlie. Uh, conservation, true conservation, is the wise utilization of our resources. And that wise utilization needs to carry us uh, forward so my great-great-grandchildren uh, can see that we did and your great-great-grandchildren can see that we did. And that's all of our responsibilities, everyone in this great nation we live in. So it has, in a way, taken on a different tone from where it started out. But what, Brad, I want to talk about a little bit this morning before we, I ask you if you found any gobbling turkeys and if you're getting sharpening your musky lures. Here we are with Earth Day and our great friend John Cooper, who ran South Dakota's Game and Fish Department as its commissioner for, I think, since almost the beginning of time. He's, he's made us aware, Brent, that maybe all is not well in the conservation arena. So I thought with Earth Day and, and all the focus on, on things that happen around it, we might just talk for a moment about what's being hatched in Washington potentially and why it's a really bad idea. Do you want to dive in? You know it'd be my pleasure, Charlie, and you know for me to take a day off of turkey hunting this time of year, uh, there has to be something significant going on, and this is probably one of the worst ideas that I have ever heard that came out of Washington, D.C., and if you look at it in totality, it's actually um, it's a ripoff for the American public. For years, conservationists, including all kinds of folks that you and I know and recognize, have used conservation easements as a form of putting stuff back or making things better in our riverways and our watersheds and our forests and the Great Plains. It's just been an amazing tool. 
And to think about, you know, this in context with time, um, it takes a, a white oak tree 200 years to mature, or come to full maturity. And we have, we have written uh, permanent long-time easements on those areas which will be productive. Maybe they're not totally there yet, but they are productive to a number of people in the business of agriculture, as well as with um, counties, municipalities, all levels of states, all levels of government. And they've been tremendously successful. But this new um, legislation that they're speaking of would take things that have been in conservation easements for 50 years or longer, are been in effect, are to be in effect for 50 years, um, it will give the landowner the opportunity to buy it back. And there are all kinds of problems with this. First of all, if you look at land ownership, it's actually the ownership of a bundle of rights. Um, and within that bundle of rights, there lies certain attributes that many agriculturists are very pleased to see someone take them over. For instance, um, I worked with a number of uh, people, and, and these were small, uh, down-to-earth farmers that scratched their living out uh, making uh corn and soybeans and all of the plants that we are familiar here in the with here in the Midwest successful in feeding their families, putting kids through college, etc. And there were a number of them, particularly around the Illinois and Mississippi rivers, that had bottomland that may get a uh, crop out of it uh, once every five or six years. They were very, very anxious to deal with uh, our agency and the federal agencies to bring about conservation easements that would help them. They sold off one of those rights, and that right was, of course, to farm it. And for it was our responsibility to them um, uh, to help them put it back in a natural state. This improved not only hunting in the area, it improved the water quality going into the rivers. Um, it improved the nesting of uh, all neotropical ground nesting birds. Uh, it was, and the neotropical migrants as they used the forests and the trees as they came south. It's a fantastic program. And the last sign up we had, we couldn't meet the needs of all the farmers in the state of Illinois that wanted to do that. that. It was someplace near a thousand that we couldn't even touch because they wanted it so badly. And what I'm fearful of in this particular bill that they're, that Coop has made us aware of is that what they're looking at now, it's not owned by the smaller farmers or smaller agriculturists. This is production agriculture, which the individual or corporation may own thousands upon thousands of acres. And they have the money to levy those things off. And where will they go? The trees will be cleared. The uh, prairies will be gone and they'll turn them right back into agricultural uh, production. And well, thus well, actually, driving... Brad, I, Brad, I, I, I got to stop you for just a second. We're visiting with Brent Manning, who's an expert 
on many things, but particularly conservation easements. And Brent, I, I'm going to frame this up a little bit because this can get technical and I don't want it too terribly. A landowner, whether you're a farmer or you own a piece of property, can make the decision, has been able to make the decision to say, I never want to see this get developed. I don't want to see any houses on it, or I want to see this stay in wetlands forever. And we have been able to work with governmental agencies and private sector groups like Ducks Unlimited, Nature Conservancy, and others to put an easement on it that is in perpetuity, which, yes, Brent, is a long time. So what's happening, as I understand what you're saying, is that there's a group in the Senate led by senators from the Dakotas and a group in the House led by people from Minnesota who don't want landowners to have the right to protect that property for all time. They are essentially saying, you can't do that. You don't have that that right to do that. And after 50 years, if a future landowner wants to buy out the easement that you put on the property because they want to put up a shopping mall, they can do that. Is that a pretty good summary? Charlie, that is a great summary. And those monies that they have been paid historically, they came out of the poc- yours and my pocketbooks in the form of taxes. And, you know, it, it is we've not, as a federal government, earned any uh, interest off of that money, it has gone for exactly what the designated purpose was. And now they want to be able to buy it back. So when we come back from the break, Brett, I'd like to talk a little bit about what this really means for open space in the Chicagoland area, other metropolitan areas, which have used conservation easements as a means to protect green space. And think of all the bills that you saw in DuPage County and as, as the director, and I've seen in Lake County, that were passed. Taxpayers paid for them to go out and get permanent easements on property so that they'd forever be green space for generations to come. And, and what, what, what's at stake, it seems to me, is Congress or some members of Congress saying, no, we don't, we don't really think you, you should be able to do that. Brent, when we come back, let's talk a little more about it. And then, of course, we're going to listen to a turkey goblin. You're very good at that. We are talking <laughs> with Brent Manning. This is Charlie Potter and the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. And first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. In the field, hunters need to be alert, sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology, tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio, and I'm joined this morning by the very esteemed Brent Manning, who... I say that, Brent, lovingly to you. You and I have been through a lot of, we have a lot of battle scars and we've had a lot of fun. And the idea that 
conservation easements could be in jeopardy, frankly, ought to have people across America saying, no, that's not what we in America believe in. I, I think, that's Trent, right. that, that what it's actually doing is it's taking away private property rights. It's, it's, it's exactly stopping people what it's doing. from doing something that they want to do. And I'm, I'm going to get personal for a second because, Brent, years ago, and you went to our family farm in northeastern Illinois, and we shot a few ducks, and somebody missed a goose. I don't really remember who. but I can't either. My, my parents felt so, as did our family, felt so strongly that this place should not end up being a shopping mall or a subdivision, but rather as open space. It's today called uh, Almond Marsh in the area around. It's part of Liberty Prairie Conservancy. Many of you are familiar listening with it. So our family put a conservation easement on our farm that said it will never be developed. It'll always be open space. My parents did that. They went to their graves knowing that they had done something that they firmly believed in. Now, if this legislation were to pass, somebody down the road could say, I don't really care what the potters thought. I want to see a shopping mall here and buy it out. It, it, this, to me, seems to be criminal in, in, in undermining the intent of people who own the land and made a decision that they wanted to with their property. Am I missing something? No, you're not missing anything, Charlie. You're right on the money. Right on the money. Take the landowner in, in Illinois or in South Dakota who's got a prairie, and they want to preserve that prairie. And they did the same thing, put a conservation easement on it, knowing that for all time that area will be natural. How is exactly. this right? It's not right. You drive through the western suburbs of, um, of the Chicagoland area, and there are some of the most scenic and beautiful wetlands, I, in my experience, that one could ever imagine. And where are the most expensive homes located? Where they can see those. And those people that had the forethought to be able to put back those uh, wetlands, those conservation easements, are to be applauded. The Nature Conservancy does a great job of it. Uh, Ducks Unlimited, and you can name a great number of organizations that do. They should have that right to put it back in perpetuity because we should have that right and our children's children to enjoy that without someone taking it away. And that's a fundamental private property, right? Is it not? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So we know that, that particularly Senator Grounds from North Dakota, South Dakota rather, is, is probably playing to big ag. And, and the prices of commodities are soaring. That won't last. You and I have seen, unfortunately, we've been around a little bit, We've seen so many boom and bust cycles, we've probably lost track. Um, exactly. Is he pandering to big ag, or is there really a groundswell of people saying, we shouldn't be able to put land aside forever, because who knows what we'll need, need it for? You know, Charlie, um, I don't know the answer to what he has uh, exactly on his mind. But I will tell you, up and down the Illinois River Corridor alone, we put together both permanent and long-term or lifetime easements on over 500,000 acres. That in itself diminished the load of sediment in the Illinois River dramatically. And there's more to be done. There is more of those types of, of uh, uh, easements that are needed. A million people get their uh, water out of the Illinois River for potable purposes. 
And that water needs to be as clean as possible. That's one of the effects of many conservation easements through wetlands, through uplands, uh, forestland, et cetera, et cetera. The great duck factories out west, they need this tool and need them dramatically. As a waterfowler, uh, we both know what the effect of those areas are when they have a good production year. So, Brent, I'm going to give, thanks to Mr. Cooper, it's House Resolution 7021, sponsored by Congressman Fishback of Minnesota, and in the Senate, it's Senate Bill 3989, sponsored sponsored by uh, Senator Kramer from North Dakota, with Senator Rounds and Senator of South Dakota and Senator Hoven of North Dakota signing on to. Let's just hope those are the only three people in America and the Congress that think this is a good idea, Brent. Uh, I am sure that if this moves forward, uh, it will be a firestorm like we've never seen. And I have a belief that many in agriculture will side with us. And I'm certain that those people who believe in open space will side with us. And I can only think about the likes of Al Pyatt and Gaylord Donnelly, who helps, and George Ranney, and people like that who helped start the open space movement in Illinois. What they would, you know, George can still do a lot about this. Unfortunately, Al and Gaylord Donnelly can't. But what they would think about this, they're owed a better answer than what Congress is trying to do. we got about a minute left, Brent, and I thank you. And in the short time left, there aren't as many turkeys gobbling in the woods as there should be. That's what I'm being told, and that's what I'm hearing. In, in 50 seconds, can you tell me what you think? Well, I certainly will. I think there's uh, it's a combination of factors. Uh, in regard to poor production years, too many wet, cold springs will certainly have its its um, input on the uh, production level of wild turkeys, and it's not a good input. It drives them down. The other thing that I think has not been studied well enough is the effect of uh, bobcat. I personally heard a bobcat take a turkey down uh, out of a tree one morning while I was hunting. And they are relentless, and I don't blame them. I mean, turkeys are very good eating. Uh, But by the same token, we need to control them. I have heard people say, well, I have constituents that go out and look at them or watch them. It's a lie. It's a lie because I've been in the woods many, many years and can probably count on both hands the number of bobcats that I've seen, and 90% of those have been in the last three years. So their populations are increasing. Brent, let's get back after you have caught some muskie and talk about bobcats, turkeys, and, and obviously we're not going to let go of this. It's a big one for conservation and, 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 frankly, all of us in America to put this bad idea of abolishing long per- perpetual easements to rest. Thanks for being with Absolutely. us, Brent. And for all of you, I hope you have Thank a you, great Charlie. week in the great outdoors. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.